Now, the Jen Charlton Show on 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Telling it like it is with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the show. It is so great to be with you here today. And wow, what a week. (laughs) I keep saying that, but it really, really was. Um, You know, this week was a... I think it was a breakthrough. We had some breakdowns, but I think there was a breakthrough. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. But as you know, Wednesday night, we were supposed to have a rally. And the rally was really about the bigger issues that we're facing. Is government overstepping its bounds? Is government out of its lane? Is government oppressing we the people? Because They've and I and I say they are they are they've got it completely backwards. And we've talked about that with Michael Perutka, who ran for attorney general. He is a constitutional attorney. And Michael was very clear. And we talked about it. So you should go back and listen to that show that the ATF is exceeding their authority and they're way out of the bounds of the constitutional law. In fact, I would assert, and some really smart people would assert with me, that the ATF is actually unconstitutional. So when you look at what's been going on here locally, uh, I want to remind you of something. President Trump said, they're not coming for me. It looks like they're coming for me. You know, they want to take him down. But they're not coming for me. He said, they're coming for you. Now, I want to remind you, in our current structure of government, the sheriff's office, the office of the sheriff, that means the sheriff and everybody who works in that office, and God bless those people for what they do, everybody in that office represents a barrier between a tyrannical government and we the people. The office of the sheriff is designed, and I spoke with Sheriff Hargrove about this from Houston, Texas, and the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association believe this. They are the last line of defense between a tyrannical government and overreaching government that is unconstitutional and violating our rights and we the people. So they weren't coming for Trump. He was just in the way. I don't even think they're coming for Sheriff Jenkins, although they have, you know, a real, uh, uh, what's the word I want, disgust with the guy. I don't know why. He stood up for the law and order. But they're, they're not even coming for him because he's the last line of defense between a tyrannical government and you and me. And he's going through hell right now because of this this situation. But make no mistake, Wednesday night became about him, but it did, did not start that way. It was really intended to be about our rights and an overreaching government. So fast forward, I found out the day before the event was basically taken down for me. It was not appropriate, okay? It will never happen again. I'll be in charge. But 
the next, the day before, I learned of a guy named Ike Skelton. He is the commissioner. He is the presiding commissioner in Camden County, Missouri. And this man verified and validated everything I was saying. And this conversation you're about to hear took place in early April, about the time they were also coming after our dear Sheriff Chuck Jenkins. Take a listen. Good afternoon. Thank you for uh, coming this afternoon to the Camden County Courthouse for this press conference. Uh, I have with me First District Commissioner James Gohagen, Second District Commissioner Don Williams, and Sheriff Camden County Tony Helms. Uh, on Tuesday, April 4th, I was made aware of emails sent by the ATF to our planning and zoning department. The emails requested information about current FFL holders pertaining to their zoning and business licensing. Camden County was the first state in, or the first county in the state and possibly the first county in the country that passed the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Passed for an stating we do not recognize the unconstitutional bureau known as the ATF. That under anti-commandeering doctrine, members of Camden County are not to assist any federal agency in the enforcement or application of so-called firearms laws and rules. Furthermore, Missouri passed the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which also prohibits government employees from assisting the federal government in any of their requirements or attempts to enforce federal firearm laws or any application thereof. Okay, so that was my newest hero, Ike Skelton. And I want to thank Natalie Abbas, my dear friend, for getting on the phone, Ike Skelton. We had a conversation before, the the night before everybody decided they were going to mess with my event. And he was going to call in Wednesday night to that event. So... I want everybody to know who's out there trashing me right now that I'm not, a, you know, really, I don't know what they're saying. I, I refuse to listen to it. It's all yak yak. But the point being, we had every intention of carrying on with that event. And Ike was going to call in. So instead of calling in Wednesday night, he's called in this morning. So I'd like to welcome Ike Skelton, commissioner from Camden County, Missouri, on the Jen Charlton Show. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And I I just love you. I mean, I think that, <laughs> you know, if it's possible to do that from afar, but, you know, what you have started, I think, is the beginning of something epic. Because we are seeing this ATF, much like uh, the um, IRS did many years ago against, you know, nonprofits that were conservative-leaning, they have done the same thing now with these ATFs against conservatives, and it's it's outrageous, it's 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 unnecessary. So I want to read something to everybody because I think this letter that you sent me, um, which is public information, uh, it speaks to what you guys are dealing with out there. So um, first of all, before I get into that, when did this? The audio we just listened to, that took place in April, correct? What day? Uh, that was April 7th. 
Okay. So following this letter, you made this public statement, which I'm sure has gone viral at this point. So on April 4th, you all received a letter, and then you you actually directed a letter back to the ATF. So I'm going to read this, and it's directed to an individual. I'll leave the name out. On or about Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, the four emails you sent to our planning and zoning department requesting information about citizens of Camden County and their zoning and licensing status were forwarded to me for review. Under the anti-commandeering doctrine, Camden County was the first county in Missouri and possibly the country to pass an ordinance prohibiting any county employee from assisting your unconstitutional agency in violating the rights of our citizens, God-given, constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms. As well, Missouri passed the Second Amendment Preservation Act, having a $50,000 penalty for assisting the federal government government in the enforcement of unconstitutional firearms infringements. Therefore, I construe any attempt to receive information about our citizens pertaining to firearms as an attempt to coerce our employees to break Missouri law. You may consider this letter as a response to your probe, and it is signed by all of the commissioners, the county attorney, the county treasurer, and the county sheriff. God bless you, Ike Skelton. Well, thank you very much. He has, and uh, I'm just so thankful to be in a uh, in a county and working with folks that uh, uh, think very much the same way and want to preserve our liberties and believe that it is our responsibility to interpose on behalf of our citizens when either the state or the federal government is uh, restricting our uh, protected rights. So in your experience in working on this issue and with your sheriff, how many sheriffs are really exerting that authority? Well, you know, it, sometimes it's very easy to stand up for the Second Amendment. Maybe some of our other rights are a little bit tougher, but uh, the Second Amendment usually uh, carries an awful lot of attention because of, the, because of its nature. So I think that um, there are times when, when elected officials uh, can stand up and make it very easy in our county. Uh, we have uh, some very good law enforcement. They believe in those rights, uh, truly. I, I, I believe that they they believe that and, and are willing to protect it. Um, I can tell you that our uh, usually when you get these big organizations like our sheriffs, uh, our statewide sheriffs association, uh, they did not support the passing of Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act. So if you get down to individuals uh, like your sheriff out there that's standing up, thank God for him, um, that uh, you see more individuals willing to shine. Uh, But when you tend to get them in a group or an association, unfortunately, they don't stick together as well. So, um, you know, they're out there. They can be found. And that should be the type of person that we seek during our election cycles. Beautifully said. So we are in Maryland. You know, we could be California or New York at this point. We are no different. Um, And it's funny to me, they never mention Maryland when they talk about the far left, but we are exactly that here. And for many reasons, we're not going to get into including election fraud. But when you look at um, a blue state like Maryland, obviously there's not an appetite to stand up like you did. What do you suggest to us in Maryland? Because a lot of us feel like we're kind of sunk, like we don't have the power and authority. And if the sheriffs are unwilling or afraid to stand up against the powers of the ATF, then it is 
you know, incumbent upon us to do so. And I, that kind of starts to get pretty ugly. Right. Well, you know, um, out on the East Coast, maybe it's a little different it's around here, but uh, they started uh, back in 2012. They did something called the uh, National Blueway System. It started in the Connecticut River, and when they wanted to come over this way into Missouri, it was the White River Watershed National Blueway, and they wanted to take over almost two-thirds of Arkansas and 19 counties of Missouri. Uh, if they would have done this, it would have replaced the waters of the U.S. rule, and it would have just given them control over our entire water system. We band together with our other county commissioners in those 19 counties, and effectively, long story short, uh, that system no longer exists. They are not doing the blue waste system at all anymore because of our resistance and our unwillingness to allow it to happen. I believe that in many cases the government, uh, federal government especially as a paper tiger and if we're willing to stand up against them a lot of times they fold you know uh, many of these unconstitutional agencies um, before they give in or before they will compromise they usually send out a piece of paper that they want you to sign and that piece of paper says you know we're going to go away we're going to leave you alone but you recognize that we have the authority to regulate you. And by the time they get a whole bunch of those signed, they can take those to judges and others, others and say, look, you know, all of these people agreed that we have the authority. So this one person over here trying to resist us is not the norm. So we just need more folks all across the country, more states to come together. You know, the states created the federal government. And I think we need to really turn back to federalism and states' rights. And sometimes it starts on the county level. And, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to have uh, every state as red as we'd like to see it. There's going to be a bunch of blue states. And I think the way that our founders set it up sometimes that, um, you know, it might get down to a point in time where you have to vote with your feet. Well, we're seeing that in Maryland. I mean, a lot of people have moved to the Carolinas, to West Virginia, and to Florida. They are out of here. <laughs> and so what's happening is that places a, a greater you know, economic burden on those behind. You know, my husband and I have several businesses. We're entrenched in Maryland. Ours is not a virtual business. It's a, you know, we have retail shops. So when people come in, you know, we can't just relocate. So, so, uh, you know, we're stuck, but I'm also of the opinion that we have to fight for our state. We, you know, if everybody leaves, who's going to stay behind to take care of restoring our state? And that's the place we are right now. But you give me hope because, if we could indeed, and I know a lot of patriots across the state of Maryland, uh, even some of these mama bears in Loudoun County who stood up against the Board of Ed, which, of course, has been a federalized uh, agency, if you will, because the, the power they've imposed on parents and uh, and frankly, even bringing in the DOJ to call them dangerous. I mean, it's all crazy talk. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we have to I really agree with you, this idea of returning the state's rights and returning the power to the people. Um, so let's let's talk about for a minute. Um, what do you see? is the next steps for where you are. You sent them this letter. Have they stood down or have you had anything happen since then? Is it radio silence? Are they trying to figure out how to take you out of uh, power and authority? What do you think? Well, I think they're a little frustrated with uh, Camden County in general and uh, the state of Missouri, period. Uh, you know, 
a lot of states have pushed back against the federal government. This is nothing new. It's just a different agency. When you see states that are having sanctuary cities for uh, illegal immigrants, that is actually a federal uh, duty under the Constitution is to deal with immigration, right? But these states are standing up with their uh, with their sanctuary cities. And, of course, um, no matter you – know, people may not like it, but – Simply the fact that uh, marijuana laws are changing across the country state by state is an example of federalism. And you'll notice the federal government isn't doing much of anything about that at all. Uh, and they're really not doing much of anything about sanctuary cities for illegal immigration. So I think, again, that if we just stand up as, uh, uh, you, know, maybe, you know, maybe a state like Missouri being willing to stand here and tell the federal government, in this case, no, the ATF, that, um, you know, we will continue to spur other states to do the same things. I believe there are some other states that are looking to enact the uh, something similar to Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just think that's going to be the key for us to be willing to stand together. Uh, you know, maybe it's going to take our state to, because, uh, you know, ultimately it's got to get to the Supreme Court, right? If, if we're going to continue to use our sets of laws and, and courts, it's going to have to get to the Supreme Court. And we're going to have to have some rulings on, on some of these things and see where we can go with that. So, well, um, hold on. Yeah, I don't know what hold on. I, can we trust the Supreme Court to not be politically well, influenced? No, we probably can't. Be quite candid with you. They've been wrong before. Um, you know, with uh, the Fugitive Slave Act and uh, separate but equal, and then they decided that separate and equal is inherently unequal. Um, so they've been wrong before, and um, you know they're they're wrong in some instances now. But uh, they got uh, the return of, of uh, states' rights for abortion back to us. Maybe we have the makeup of a court that we can make some headway here, uh, and maybe we don't. And then. I don't know what time we get to when we say that, well, this whole thing isn't working anymore, and now what do we do? But uh, we have to continue to work with the uh, system that we have the best we can. But that doesn't mean we have to give in. Uh, we can still resist uh, through the ways that we are. And, again, the states made the, the federal government, and if we stick together enough of us, uh, we will win this thing. That's beautiful. What are your thoughts about what's going on? And I think this gets into parental rights and the God-given parental rights uh, that are being usurped by the Board of Ed. Um, and the Board of Ed is not a federal – in other words, somehow we got really screwed up with the Board of Ed because it's not in the Constitution. So it, to me, is a state's issue that should not be um, – uh, run federally or influenced federally, and yet they do with budget and so forth. But when you look at what's going on with CRT, and in Maryland, we have a real issue, so I'm looking for advice, with parents afraid that the the people in, this, in the school system are going to influence their child unduly. And a lot of times these kids are either on the spectrum, they're vulnerable, they are subject to being groomed like you would for human trafficking. And so they're bringing that into our school systems. I know of a, a mom whose child literally was overtaken by the school system in, in her care. And the mother, you know, they're now so disconnected. You know, how do you re-bridge that? So, so that's, I'm asking you about that. What are your thoughts? 
Well, you're certainly right uh, in that the you know the federal government of uh, the federal government has no authority in education throughout the state, so the Department of Education sh- should cease to exist, uh, as well as many other agencies. We're getting ready to deal with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Uh, they have no authority to exist in the Constitution, so we're going to fight them here in Camden County very soon, um, as well as the EPA. As far as you know, our school boards, you should be very afraid. They are absolutely trying to indoctrinate our children and turn them into something that they shouldn't be. Most of us graduated from the public school system, and I think that there's nothing really uh, wrong with a public school system if it is ran locally, and that is the big deal is local control. Unfortunately, one of the things that really hooks in our school systems is when we take the money from the federal government that they hand out. First, they steal it from us, and then they give it back to us with a whole bunch of strings attached to it. If you can keep from taking that money back, you're going to be off a whole, you'll be a lot better off because you won't have to follow their rules quite as much. As far as being, uh, if I, said, I may, you know, let me insert something. Hold that thought. We no. have that situation in one of our counties in Maryland. And they don't have the dependency on state dollars. So they are being more effective in standing up against CRT, to your point. So it's really brilliant. I'm sorry, continue. No, yeah, and that, that's perfectly good. You know, see, you know, look within your school systems, your local school system, and see what you can do without. Uh, a lot of these new whiz-bang gadgets, you know, uh, the computer systems, a lot of them are being provided by Chrome or Google or, or somebody of this nature. And, and when you do that, uh, they are using it for data to collect on your children as well as influence them. So we have to look at the very systems that we're using. Um, and like I said, do be afraid of what they're doing for your two your children, but don't be afraid to stand up. Uh, you have to stand up regardless of what they may do. And, and there's a point in time where we're going to have to all be willing to make that extra sacrifice, regardless of what that might be. Uh, our founders uh, took un- unsurmountable amount of uh, sacrifices so that we could have the type of country that they wanted us to have today. I don't think this is what they had envisioned. Uh, but uh, so Maybe time for those sacrifices to step forward again, uh, because I, I think this is going to sound bad to some, maybe. But I think in America we've 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 maybe lived a little free for too long, and I think that uh, you know sometimes when when we are free, we don't maybe recognize what tyranny is until it's almost too late, and and I think we're getting really close to the point where it's almost too late. Well, I don't disagree with you, and I've said for. Two years, this is communism. I never even said it was socialism. I mean, we never saw socialism. It went straight to communism. And people tried to soften the blow, like, oh, well, we shouldn't use our, you know, they shouldn't be telling us how to do this or that. Well, communist societies do that. And and I think we were, uh, you know, kind of blindsided but naive. You know, we just didn't want to believe mm-hmm. that it was happening right here or right now. And uh, I, I just really want to thank you, Ike. We would love to follow your story out there, and we will. And please keep in touch. I want everybody to know that this this event is going to be rescheduled. I will have it. And I'm inclined, actually, because I told the Frederick City Police. And, again, I want to give a shout-out to Chief Lando and his uh, his uh, deputy, that, and and their team there, they did a nice job with me once we were in communication and things. So the problem is when you have individuals within your organization who do not follow the mission or are going rogue and they have an authority that could could alter the outcomes. And in our case, 
the safety and security of the individuals present, you know, you have a problem and you got to look within to do what you have to do to straighten that out. And I know that that leadership will do that. I have complete confidence in them. And I was pleasantly surprised, actually, how great they were. So I want people to know I, I appreciate law enforcement, but we have to work together. And this notion of of putting people in a position where they're afraid to show up is going to end. The breakthrough is we now know what we're dealing with. And we also have had the conversation that, you know, this is bigger than Sheriff Jenkins, way, way bigger. What he's dealing with in his life is very serious. And everybody needs to pray for Sheriff Jenkins right now and the rule of law and the stepping away from mandating things in through ATF to to take down a political opponent, which is what he is. As soon as that new governor came in, so did the ATF, and here we are. It didn't take them but several months to come after Chuck. It was just a matter of time. So, everybody, we're going to redo this event. It's going to happen as soon as we can find a location that we know is safe. I'm inclined to go back to Frederick City and right in the middle of the park and tell BLM, you know, stick it in your eye. But, you know, we're going to do it in a way that we're in control. All right, everybody, listen, you're listening to the Jen Charlton Show. I'd like to thank Ike Skelton, who is the presiding commissioner in Camden County, Missouri, for your heroism, your stalwart stand for the Constitution, and for being an example for all of us. God bless you, Ike. Thank you for having me, and uh, do not be afraid to stand up there, out there, be together. Uh, you know, we need you guys to win so that everything else, uh, it, it, it's all building blocks. And you have a win, we have a win, and there's some more wins, and then we eventually beat them. So thank you. Thank you. God bless you. All right, everybody, you're listening to The Jen Charlton Show. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's great to have you here. I have with me on the phone a couple of ladies from Pennsylvania, and I want to do a shout out to all the Pennsylvanians who are listening. God bless you. We love you up there. And uh, we are getting ready to host our event, Restoring Health in a Toxic World, next next Saturday morning at the Gettysburg Eisenhower Conference Center. And this is the reason for this event is because right now we are at a point of restoration. I really believe that. We've been through what we've been through to hell and back. And a lot of people have been harmed in the process financially, medically. Some have passed away suddenly. Um, There has been a jerry rigging of data, there has been misinformation and disinformation and blocking of proper information that we, the people, deserved to know. There have been legislators who are go along to get along instead of stand up and maybe take the political hits because it's unpopular. Much like we just heard with Ike Skelton, standing up against agency oppression and the abuse of power is, is it takes something. But if you are indeed elected by the people, then you must serve the people and you must do what you're asked to do. So today we have with us Don Kiefer, who's the Pennsylvania representative for the 92nd District 
uh, in Pennsylvania, and it's really great to have Dawn with us. Good morning, and welcome to the Jen Charlton Show. Good morning, Jen. So great to have you. Thank you so much. We've not had an opportunity to meet, and this is our first conversation, so it's really great to have you with us for the first time. I want to do a shout-out to Dr. Stephanie Coxon and the work that she's been doing around health restoration for a long, long time and uh, and our partnership on this event next week because it's really about bringing together great minds to deal with the health issues of the day. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But you all are fighting something in Pennsylvania. And I wondered if you could give people a quick overview of what's going on with Pennsylvania and uh, some of the legislation to deal with our food supply and health. So in Pennsylvania, we have, there's so much going on right now. I'm in the House and uh, the Republicans just lost the majority in the house so we don't control the agenda so it is literally you're on defense every day all day uh it's not going to be productive but it is going to be you know a coordinated effort to try to kill some of these terrible terrible ideas so policy wise we still have made no progress uh with all of the covid fascism that came through our commonwealth so from you know the right to um your choice, right? Your choice as far as medical, what what services, what you want to take, um, what doctors will be penalized for prescribing or uh, mandated vaccines. You know, as we're talking about a healthcare crisis in, in uh, labor, yet they fired all these. They won't talk about the number of healthcare professionals that were fired. Um, how many of those are sitting out there that have not received any kind of compensation for uh, actions taken against them? Uh, we still haven't resolved the issue of military, despite the court cases that we have mandating the vaccines. Um, and then we have, um, uh, you know, in, in Pennsylvania, we we have this uh, health care system that's really just, you know, vertical. It's vertically integrated. So you have hospitals who own insurance companies or vice versa. So when you're trying to practice as an independent practitioner, they make it almost impossible to practice in the Commonwealth. And again, we're talking about access to care, affordability to care, because when you have this vertical integration, you can't even afford to access the care. Um, and then there's a the whole transparency issue. There's so many issues going on in Pennsylvania that we're trying to navigate. Right now, our Senate is our line of defense. Um, and thank God we do have uh, some warriors over there that are taking up some of these issues and, and helping us fight them on that front. And one of those warriors is Senator Doug Mastriano, who is heroic, and uh, he'll be our keynote speaker next weekend giving an update. One of the things that drove us doing this event, and I reached out to Doug and I said, when the Ohio burn happened and I knew it was really going to hit Pennsylvania, I reached out to him and I actually drove out to that hearing. It was about four hours for me to get there. And uh, I was really proud of the people. Pennsylvanians are, you know, you guys are like a microcosm of our country. If you think about it, all the different issues we're facing, all the different uh, environmental, agricultural, whatever, you're, you're really a microcosm of U.S. And uh, so it's, it's very important, I think, for us to really look at what's going on in your commonwealth to make sure that we're, we're learning from you, frankly. So... Um, when you know in my last segment we were talking about the overreach of government one of the things that's going on is this 
And in my next segment, I want to let you all know I'm going to have Amy Rafferty with the Pennsylvania Coalition for Informed Consent. So it really falls out of this conversation. They are starting to put mRNA soon, if not already, in our food supply. So for those of us who chose not to get the shots, and we didn't want the mRNA, I sure as hell don't want it in my beef. So what's going on in this battle up there to save your food supply from being tainted with mRNA? So we do have some people really fighting on the forefront of that. So Representative Barb Gleim has been on that. She also serves on the Agricultural Committee. We have Representative Dave Zimmerman in the House has been, you know, bringing that to light too. But sadly, what we don't have is any is is media covering it. It is marginal at best. So there's no true public awareness of this, other than you know those who are savvy enough to pull up their own information on this. So trying to a bring it to light. B, get it on the agenda. There's been no hearings, no discussion of hearings on the subject in the House. And then where is your investigative journalism, right? This should be a concern to everybody. Good, bad, or indifferent, we should have all of the information on this, and we don't have it, right? So they continue to do all these things. You know, they've been tainting our food for years saying, you know, just a little bit of glyphosate is okay for you, right? Just a little bit of lead is okay for you. Um, They've been doing this for decades to us. And here's one more thing. We wonder why we're rampant with childhood cancer, obesity, and the myriad of health issues that we have. You know, it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to keep us all hooked on pharmaceuticals um, to keep us alive. Oh, my gosh. You know, you you said it perfectly because I think we don't realize how connected they are. And I want to remind people that the FDA stands for Food and Drug Administration. So (laughs) the question really is, are they keeping us safe? You know, we give them an awful lot of benefit of the doubt. And yet, when you look at what the CDC did in terms of pushing down things like remdesivir, and I covered this very strongly, one of the doctors during COVID. One of the doctors I'm going to have with me next weekend is Dr. Jeff Barkey, who is an America's frontline doctor out of Southern California, who stood up with me. And we repeatedly said to our listeners here, guys, be very careful because you don't know what this thing is going to do. And now what we know, and we're going to have a coroner there next weekend, everybody, this is going to be a transformational weekend. This is going to take you from where you start that morning to a whole different place by the end of the day. Because we have to start connecting the dots and restoring our health. We have to start standing up against these federalized agencies who are pushing down upon us things that are not good for us. So talk to me about your, your health committee and what you guys are dealing with up there. So our health committee right now, again, we're, um, it's being run by Democrats. So it's everything that's really not of interest to people that we're fighting on, right? The the big hearing that we did and then the vote that they want to bring up is is nurse ratios, right? But they don't talk about all the issues surrounding it's a health care uh, labor issue in general of what we're dealing with, with. But, you know, it's this one stop, hey, we're just going to do ratios. And that just means the numbers of uh, patients and nurses are allowed to or required to provide care for in a hospital at one time, right? So they're they're interested in those kinds of things. They're not bringing true issues up. There's no talk about mRNA. There's no talk about um, you know any kind of 
we, we've been asking for the data during COVID, the vaccination data. Um, Representative Klunk had a bill that required a report, and the, and the health department redacted some information and uh, gave partial information here and there, so we don't have a full report. So we as policymakers, as we're being asked to make decisions, right, and, and to develop these policies, we don't even, we're being, um, we're being denied all of the data that's out there. So then, but you want to turn around and say, okay, well, let's put on the COVID vaccines to the schedule for schools, right? Let's um, mandate, right, that um, doctors have to do X, Y, Z. And, and the other thing that they've gone afield in is all of the, you know, puberty blockers, chemical castration, um, mutilating surgery, all of that's on their agenda to talk about. That's their priority. So child abuse is, you know, First and foremost, it's there. And, and again, because the media covers it, either A, doesn't cover it, or covers it so slanted, there's a complete unawareness. Like, we wouldn't allow doctors to prescribe ivermectin, which has been, you know, it's, it's a decades-old drug and has next to no side effects, right? They couldn't do that off-label. But we, they are advocating and championing puberty blockers for babies. Babies, chemical, irreversible mutilating surgeries. The um, Penn State just put out a thing about an endocrinologist and, and what what uh, um, pediatric care is and talking about, you know, giving puberty blockers to children under 10. It's, How it's, are we not looking at it as, as a society and saying that's not abuse? Well, it, it is abuse. It is abuse, and we just have to say it. One thing I keep saying to people, and, and I want to bring on my next guest, uh, and you're welcome to hang on and and, um, and comment if you like, but the it is abuse. If this were done by a parent, you know, 10 years ago, Child Protective Services would have hauled them away, thrown them in jail, taken the child, take, you know what I mean? They'd end up in foster care. That would have never yeah. stood. But today, it's policy. So we have lost our and in Washington state, they're taking in Washington state, they're taking parents, children away from parents who won't agree to these kind of, you know, barbaric surgeries and procedures. What's good is bad. What's bad is good. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. It's all wonky right now. We're going to take a quick break. So everybody stand by. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jen, and I have with me today Don Kiefer, Pennsylvania representative from the 92nd District. And Amy Rafferty is going to be joining us in just a second uh, from the Pennsylvania Coalition for Informed Consent. But, Don, you were about to say something before I went to break, and we're talking about narrative language. It's so important that we do not succumb to their power and control over our minds and what we say. What did you want to say about that? Yes. My issue is that you cannot use their language. This word gender affirming, I mean, it's gender dysphoria, first of all, that we're talking about, which is a disease. It's a mental health issue. Okay, that's number one. Number two is these are, this is, we're talking about sex changes for children. We're talking about mutilating irreversible surgery. We just had the little boy that was killed when they tried to take a piece of his colon and create a penis. So we're talking about chemical castration. Again, a baby. Babies do not use their language. 
when you even use the language, they've already won because you're now playing their game. All right. So I want to thank you for that. I think it's really important. We have to control the narrative, everybody. Enough is enough. We're putting our foot down. But here's the thing. When we talk about federalism and agencies power down, one of the things that's getting ready to happen is the WHO is going to be given authority by the federal government, which they do not have the right to do, over your health care, which should be local. And if in the event of, uh, you know, something they deem pandemic, pandemic, or whatever, they can come in and control our health and thereby control us physically, physically. And you saw in some countries them hauling people away to give them the shot, forcing the shot. Now, I'm going to say it here, and I've said it before. These are crimes against humanity. Now, someday, God willing, we're going to get to the bottom of this. But the WHO needs to stand down and stand out of the United States of America. They have no authority here. So, and that includes anybody at the federal government who wishes to give them that authority. I want to bring on Amy Rafferty with the Pennsylvania Coalition for Informed Consent. Because so much of this, and we will have you back because this show has just flown by. But uh, Amy would you please tell people what you do, what your mission is, and why is it important right now? Absolutely, Jen. Thank you for having me on. And I just want to start by saying that PCIC is a big fan of Representative Don Kiefer, so I'm excited that we're on together at the same time. Um, PCIC, Pennsylvania Coalition for Informed Consent, is an organization that started in 2015, and our goal is to preserve the vital personal freedom and human right to informed consent privacy, and choice for all medical procedures in Pennsylvania. We also hold our legislators accountable to their sworn duty to uphold the freedoms declared in Pennsylvania's Constitution. So that's what we do. And um, we started out in 2015 when there was a big measles uproar from Disney. And, you know, it was uh, all big measles scare. And they were starting to forced measles vaccines and, uh, you know, kind of got a little out of hand there for a while. That's when, that's when we decided we needed to get started. They were talking about taking away religious and um, philosophical exemptions and things like that. So um, how, does that, how, is that, how is that uh, rolled into the pandemic, pandemic, and the last two, three years of them trying to coerce people with every, I mean, and here in Maryland, Hogan was, you know, giving away lottery money. I mean, you know, hot dogs, whatever yeah. it took to coerce people right. to take this, uh, we'll call it medication. Well, COVID really um, ramped up our entire organization. We had a lot of people who weren't ever thinking about medical freedom and who now all of a sudden are searching for help and mm -hmm. trying to find help. And so we have had a, a huge influx of people coming to us um, looking for help, and we've done our best to provide information for them. Um, you know, the whole thing of people losing jobs if they don't get a vaccine is so obviously against the, the Constitution of the United States and of the Pennsylvania Constitution. So I, it's shocking to me that it's gone as far as it did during COVID because um, an injection should have nothing to do with, with a job. And so you can certainly perform your job. Um, that is um, a decision for, a, it's a personal decision about your human body. If you don't have freedom over what goes into your body, what do you really have freedom over? That is the most precious freedom we have. What happens to our body and what goes into our body? 
and well, so, and, I, and they, uh, the, we, the way they have done this mind manipulation, it, it's shocking to me how many people fell for it. I mean, really, like yeah. how many people fell for it? It's 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 stunning. And then they wonder, you know, I'm, I'm seeing friends and people I've known in my life over my many chapters, you know, uh, passing away. Like, wow, he seemed kind of young. You know what I mean? So we're going to talk yeah. about that because there's definitely been an impact on the survivability. And we're looking at that. But ultimately, it's discrimination, isn't it? Isn't it discrimination to say if you don't officer you don't nurse you don't doctor take this jab you cannot work for us we had a case here in state of maryland where the employees and the staff and the pardon me and the students stood up against it a class action lawsuit because they were saying you can't come back to school you can't get your education that's discrimination isn't it absolutely pennsylvania was formed on a religious freedom the whole state was our, our, our entire state uh, was deformed, was developed and formed based on religious freedom. And we have a large group of Mennonite and Amish families in, um, in our state. And to go against someone's religious opposition to a vaccination and totally ignore that and force them to be fired if they don't get a vaccine that they feel like is against their religious beliefs is completely unconstitutional. Absolutely. Well, and let me also say this, I, and then I want to What's comment, uh, we're, we're running up against the clock, but I want to say this, there's no accident. If you want to take down a country and you want to have outside forces own us, China, whoever, WHO, on healthcare, et cetera, if you want to do that, the first thing you have to do is take out your first responders, your medical your police, your EMTs, all of whom were required to get this. And I know doctors personally, and you are going to hear from some of them. You're going to hear from an, a, a, an individual who, uh, out of the treatment that she received, now has chronic COPD, not from COVID, but from the treatments. So mm. this is going to all happen this Saturday. Everybody, you have to be there. Share this information. Go on the Jen Charlton Show Facebook page and, and click on the Eventbrite link and, and go on and get your tickets today and share this with everybody you know. Because we are bringing together medical professionals to do two medical panels and Q&A sessions, not to other doctors, which is normally what happens, but to you, the people. So that you have access to information that we know that we want you to have so that we can help you restore your health. And, it, you know, we may never get 100% back what we had before all this nonsense. But we have to stand up and fight for our medical freedom. And we must demand informed consent. We have a right to know what they're sticking in us. So I want to finish with um, Don Kiefer. And a thank you so much, Representative, for being with us. Uh, 30 seconds, what do you have to say to the people? 
So it's not good enough that you're sitting on the sidelines just completing. You need to take action. And if that action means, you know what, you go find a, a prescription-based care, right? You find a doctor who's willing to honor and respect your true informed consent, right? You continue to participate in this network, in this health system that they have. They'll continue to do whatever they want to us because, again, like I said, it's vertically, vertically integrated. You've got to take charge of your health, and you've got to demand answers and true informed consent. There you go. You heard it here, everybody. Listen, join us next Saturday morning at the Eisenhower Conference Center for Restoring Health in a Toxic World. We love you. It's time to get healthy. Let's band together and stand up against these overreaching mandates and federalism that's hurting us, we the people. God bless you.